0: Welcome into the boardroom, Wiggles' premier all-sports talk show. If you care about the sport, we talk about it. From Auburn football to the English Premier League, we discuss it all. Now sit back and relax, because the boardroom is now in session. And welcome into the boardroom, everybody. Once again, you're hanging out with Griggs, Connor, Kyle, and Nelson. Today is February 15th, 2014, and now uh, 20, 2024. But now we welcome a man that needs no introduction. We now welcome on to the boardroom, a man... Uh, you may know him as Big Donkey Forty Seven on Twitter. It's Stephen Shock of the Shock Factor Podcast and D One Baseball. Stephen, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate y'all taking the time to have me on.
0: Well, thank you for coming on, Stephen. We really appreciate it. But let's just jump right into it. So, our first question here is: Talk to us a little bit about this Auburn baseball team. And when you look at this team, what do you see in them?
1: Yeah, for me, I think a lot of it is last spring they had a lot of success they made it to regionals and everything of course they fell in southern misses regional but they had a lot of young talent last spring and they pretty much brought all of it back so like the bread in my pantry they're only getting nastier and nastier with time and i i think this is going to be a really good season for auburn
0: baseball Love to hear it. Nelson's got a question for you now, Stephen. Yes, this is uh,
2: Nelson. Uh, I just want to ask you a quick question about the lay of the land in the SEC West. As you know, it's a gauntlet. Uh, All the teams are typically pretty good. So who do you think could top this division in the SEC?
1: Yeah, so it's it's so tough this year, especially with just how stacked college baseball is. You know, the past two, three years, the draft getting short and more and more talent coming in. And I I think you got a really good battle at the top there between Arkansas, LSU, and Auburn just because, you know, pitching staff-wise, I think having Joseph Gonzalez back for the season is going to help out a lot more than I think people are talking about right now. Just because he was such a huge asset, and to lose him last season was a really big hit. So, to think about the fact that, you know, the guys went 32-23 and last season without Joseph Gonzalez. I'm really excited to see what they can do with him back in this rotation.
0: Kyle's got a question for you now, Steven. Hey, Steven. Um,
3: Mine kind of goes off that Joseph Gonzalez thing. You know, I've always been fascinated in college baseball with just the flow of the season, playing the weekend, sometimes a midweek game, Um, the depth of that pitching staff. You know, you have your three guys for the weekend. When is it useful to have that fourth starter or even, you know, an opener? you know, for Auburn specifically, we know Joseph Gonzalez will probably hold down the Sunday spot or maybe Friday night. Um, just how does how does the depth in that position work out?
1: Yeah, so it's invaluable postseason-wise. I mean, it, it's the most important thing. It really is what ends up winning championships. I mean, you look at
0: Connor's got a question for you now, Steven. Hey, Steven.
4: Trying to, to talk about Nelson, kind of the gauntlet of the SEC. Um, most of this Auburn team hasn't really done it. So how important is it to get Bobby Pierce back for his fifth year? A guy who's been there, done it, seen it all in the SEC now, coming back for his fifth year where in a lineup, you know, your, your bigger bats are Ike Irish and Cooper McMurray, who really only done it once and, and had a really, you know, we started really slow um, to last season. Just like kind of having that leadership of Bobby Pierce back, you know, in your experience, how important is that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So leadership is another thing that goes hand in hand. It's like a fourth starting pitcher, and you really can't get too far without it because, you know, you need the leaders who the younger guys can turn to, again, with this being a younger team as they're getting more mature, getting more experience, but having that leadership in the locker room of, okay, this is how we get to Omaha. This is a guy who's been there. He's done that. And he's certainly coming back for more, which we absolutely love at the shock factor. You know, that's, that's my favorite thing is the older guys who are happy, happily eating up all the years the NCAA will give them. But having that leadership and that veteran presence of knowing how to stay calm in big moments and knowing how to, you know, lead the ship when the waters aren't really necessarily so smooth. And I, I think having that is really going to help them out this season.
0: Switching it <clears throat> switching it up a little bit from Auburn. So I grew up a Wake Forest fan. My dad, Chad, went to Wake. I was at the Super Regional last year versus Alabama. That that this team this year looks incredible. You mean you look at the weekend rotation for Wake, uh, Josh Hartle. Um, you got um Chase Burns coming from Tennessee and then Michael Massey. And then Nick Kurtz, who's one of the top people in the Golden Spikes, uh pre uh preseason list. So what is it about Tom Walter's team that just they're back, like, you lose Rhett Lauder, you lose Brock Wilkin, what about them just gets them coming back for the season, being the unanimous number one in almost every poll?
1: I think it's just the way that they've returned their, a a really strong core of their lineup, in my mind, and I I think having that, along with people just really trusting the fact that with their pitching lab, they know what they're doing, because, You know, Wave Forest, it, it made major headlines in 2021 and 2020 when they were investing in it. And they put about $25 million into this lab, and they have a full staff of people in lab coats that are in there every day with this pitching staff explaining to them how to optimize their performance. And so I think everybody had heard about how much that development had helped and seeing last season the amount of success they had. It it really just became them being number one right now is a testament to the fact and the trust that, you know, analysts have in the coaching staff to utilize that lab effectively with the natural and raw talent that they have coming in. Because, I mean, you take something that's already good and you put it in some of the best developmental tools you can in college baseball, it's going to end up being even better. I mean, there might be some instances where it doesn't work, and that's okay, because it's not a cookie-cutter. Baseball is very unique to each individual athlete, but I think just the track record of success that we're going to see out of Wake Forest in the years to come is going to be really eye-opening about how much value you get in your investment.
0: All right. <clears throat> yeah. Nelson's got another question for you, Steven.
2: Uh, yeah, Steven. Uh, college baseball is very unique because no matter whether you're in the SEC or you're in a, in a JUCO team, there's a lot of talent no matter where you look. So uh, who's that team, like a, a mid-major, a team that's kind of flying on, like uh, under the radar that a team would not want to see in the regional come June?
1: Yeah. So I think a team that it really stands out to me is UNC Wilmington. Now, That might be just locality bias. I do live close to Wilmington. But also, it might also be the fact that they won the CAA last year. They won both the regular season and the conference tournament, and they returned seven of their nine starting players. So I I think they're going to have a lot of success this season. I think they're seeing that not many people have talked about being as good as they're going to be. So, I mean, every year, year after year, they're successful. So success shouldn't come as a surprise from them. But I I think this year it's going to be more so obvious that it it really shouldn't be a surprise.
0: All right. Connor's got another question for you, Stephen.
4: All right, Stephen. Similar to Griggs, I've got some family coming from an ACC school, but mine is far superior in the University of Virginia, So, how am I supposed to react when I turn on the Who's and there is not a Geloff brother in the lineup? Because it's been, like, six years.
1: You just got to breathe. You got to relax. Change is always good. I saw Adam Geloff put out, which is the Geloff dad, who I'm good friends with. He put out, it'll be, like, the first game in, like, 5,000 days that a Geloff hasn't been in the starting lineup, which is insane. I, I don't know if those are the accurate numbers. I don't know if that's what he tweeted or anything. but. The point is very long time and you react perfectly fine because the thing about coach Oak is he is always going to find people like the go off. Now, granted players like that are very hard to come by, but the recruiting trail Virginia takes, it, it's just something that's going to happen. They are always going to end up finding someone who's going to make something happen. And you know, it, it's just one of those things. This year, I think they're going with freshman Eric Becker, whose last name is not Geloff, but the kid can absolutely swing it. So it will be a change in the fact that the last name's different, but the good news is the name wasn't on the jersey to begin with. It might as well have been because we saw it all the time, but, <laughs> you know, it, it, it'll it be changed. You'll be okay.
0: Kyle's got another question for you, Stephen.
3: Yes, Talking a lot of ball here. Kind of wanted to go off the beat a little bit. Did you know that you have a Wikipedia page?
1: I have a Wikipedia page. I did not know that you do have a wikipedia page
3: i i'm I'm a researcher analytics guy by heart, so I you know heard you're coming on had to had to look a little bit. The thing that stuck out to me is it said while you're you're in college, you were a landscaper as well, and you did a little doordash um which you know i I've uh, you know partaken as well occasionally. Um And just wanted to see what that experience was like at Virginia, playing baseball with the schedule that that demands and also doing things outside there.
1: I mean, honestly, it was so much fun. Like, it it was honestly a black. So when I landscaped, I worked for a company. I won't plug them because they fired me because one day I didn't show up because my back hurt and I wasn't going to risk my baseball career over an injured bag of mulch or anything like that. But it, it was a lot of fun, and so I really enjoyed landscaping. I was a dump truck driver, which, oh, my goodness, you talk about the power you feel driving a dump truck down the road. That, that, was, that honestly contributed to the closer mentality of I was just trying to embody a dump truck driving down the road because people, people were veering out of the way, like, left and right. And you know, maybe that means I'm not a great dump truck driver. That's okay. I didn't hit anything. I always part I always backed in with it. I was really good with it. So that was fun. And then when that career came to an end, and I picked up the Doordash career, that was also a lot of fun because I personally, I just really like road trips. I like driving around and listening to podcasts. So I would just totally space out till like 1 pm. like I would go to, I would go to the field at three. Cause I would do my classes online and the way I did my online classes was this is a college hack. If there's college students listening, take the classes where they give you all the course load up front. If they're online classes, just do them all the first week. Then you get a whole like four months to just do nothing. So I would do that. And then I would, I would door dash in the morning, do the lunch rush, go to the field, do my baseball thing till about six. Then from like, I would shower and from like seven to one, am i would just face out and deliver food it was so much fun i i don't know what i liked about it i don't know what it was that was fun that i enjoyed but it was a rush and i i can't recommend it at all
3: man that's awesome that makes me appreciate you know the viral we all know about the viral interview it makes me appreciate that so much better just the depth of Stephen Schock. I
0: think Griggs has another question for you. (laughs) Yeah, we'll end on this one, Stephen. Uh, First off, again, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. So it's a two-parter. Who do you think will win the Golden Spikes Award this year, and who do you have coming out of the Virginia-Auburn matchup coming later this year?
1: Ah, So tough for Golden Spikes. There's so much talent, but it's hard for me not to pick someone like Jack Caglione right now just because of the potential value he's going to add to the team. I I think from just how many talented two-way guys there are this year and him leading the pack like he did kind of last year, if he just has another season like that, I don't see why it wouldn't go to him. But I I really do think the talent pool is there. Um, As far as Auburn, Virginia goes, I do love Sonny D. He's one of my favorite people in college baseball history. But I do have to go with Auburn because I do love me too. You know that that's an important thing. You gotta love yourself too, from time to time.
0: Well, that's awesome. Again, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a joy to have you on. And the greatest Day of the Year starts tomorrow, so have a great one. We appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Of course, that was Stephen Shock of the Shock Factor Podcast and D One Baseball. You can find him on Twitter at. Big Donkey 47. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Auburn basketball, but thank you so much for sticking in. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle, 91.1 FM. And welcome back into The board, everyone, Boardroom, everyone. You're really hanging out with Griggs, Connor, Kyle, and Nelson. Last segment, we had Steven Shock on talking college baseball. Season starts tomorrow for the Tigers at 6 p.m. at Plainsman Park. But now we transition from Plainsman Park a little over a couple hundred yards away to Naval Arena as the Tigers last night whomped. The South Carolina Gamecocks. So, Kyle, what do you got?
3: Exactly right, Griggs. It was 101 to 61. That,
4: that's, yeah, that's a, we that's we, we'll, let's just clap that up let's for that. Let's go, fellas. On the 11 ranked team in the country. That's correct. We also
3: shot 60% from three. I mean, unworldly numbers. I forgot what it was, what computer metric it was, but we scored 100, and was, 100 it was is the
4: max. The Torvik O rating. Oh, Torvic. Uh, Our Torvic uh, offensive uh, like The offensive rating for the game His is out of 100. Was 100. Oh, well, so there we go. That's uh, as good as we could have possibly I, Did I just played. analytic Kyle?
3: Well, normally, hey, hold up. Normally, we talk about efficiency, 100 is like the average. So if we go, we're talking about efficiency, yeah, he's, a- he's losing me. I don't know, we'll see. Um, Shout out Michael Wayne. we're gonna hit the <laughs> we're gonna hit a <laughs> few more numbers here. We shot pretty well from two as well, about sixty percent there. A big number though, seventeen of nineteen
4: from the free throw. Really, really good. Oh, after that Florida game, that is so refreshing. That free throw performance against among among many other things at Florida. I know we we don't really want to talk about that game because it just a polar opposite of what we saw last night. But um, the shooting in general, but especially at the free throw line, if we could shoot close to seventeen for nineteen. Outside of Neville Arena, watch out. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, looking back at the numbers of the Florida game, that was one of our
3: Krypton. I mean, we didn't shoot awful. Seventy six percent, a little bit above the national average, actually.
4: Well, it was like fifty for most of the game until garbage time. Yeah, that's. And Janai cool. was one for eight at one point. Oh
3: wait, pause. Looking at Florida's, uh, we were fifty three. Yeah, there we go. My bad. Go. Yeah, Make yeah. a big was... man to know when he's wrong. Thank you, Kyle. Yep, yep. Got You you would not know about being a big man. You would not know wrong. I'm all I'm all about. The pursuit of truth here. We shot 17% from three in that. So it's a really good bounce back game, especially with what's coming this weekend.
2: Yeah. Uh, you couldn't give me two polar opposite teams in South Carolina and Kentucky. Uh, South Carolina typically is prided themselves on defense, it's slowing the game down, uh, playing really good, uh, really good, like in within themselves basketball and like not turning the ball over, not taking bad shots. Uh, this game against us yesterday, uh, they did none of that. They allowed 101 points, turned the ball over a bunch, uh, forced up a lot of bad shots, and it just goes to show you that when you come in the jungle, if you're not giving your A plus game, you're going to get right out of the building. And they got run right out of the building.
4: I'm I'm not I'm legitimately not sure. It, there's a way for a team to win here. Though this year, this year, this uh, we talked. I touched on it last week. Kyle wouldn't know because he wasn't here. Mm, hey, but oof, um. Oof. The, this team, and uh, like Jay Bill has talked about it, Dallin Cuff has talked about it. This team's style is just built for the jungle. They come out at home so fast, so aggressive. I mean, the last two games in the jungle, we've had the SEC standings leader come in here and had second-half games not be competitive. Like, there was never a doubt whether we were going to swag surf. There was never a doubt. We were up 30 all the second half, and we were up 12 or more the entire second half against Alabama. Like, and the, just like Chad Baker-Mazzara and Katie Johnson, and if he's playing not terrible, number 44, they they feed and interact with the crowd in a way that when they're making big plays, even like now the Janai Broom, the seatbelt celebration that's become a thing, like, they feed and bounce back off us, and the energy when they're hitting, they hit shots early, it it can get out of hand so fast, and Reeves on Kentucky coming here, you know, he'll he'll have seen this before, he's been around a little bit, but... Dillingham and Reed Shepard and some of those freshmen, they're going to be rattled. That place is going to be rocking on Saturday. We had moments Wednesday night when we hit 100 went last night.
2: It was crazy. It's as
4: loud as it's been all year, if not ever. The tray dunk early on on that fast break was crazy. Like, they're, the the better this team keeps playing, the crazier the jungle gets. I mean, we had kids last night leave and go right back in the line. Like, Saturday is going to be – the energy in there from nine to eleven for game day, and and then when tip off gets around at five, Saturday is going to be a special day in Neville Arena. I, I don't, I mean, I really don't see how Kentucky keeps it close.
2: Yeah, um, here's a little food for thought uh, with the recent red performances. I mean, Saturday against Florida was objectively we we played bad. It might have just been a combination of factors, but also Florida also being very good. Uh, I think we play so good at home; we are the best home team in college basketball that anything that we do on the road will never be anywhere close to that makes us seem like we're that much worse a, on the road. I'm we
0: have a, We're haven't. Was that Fergie who brought that up today? Yes.
2: It, we, we, we're top three in the, in the SEC the last three years in our road record. No team is going to be perfect on the road. Well, we scored 91 in Oxford, and that place was rocking constantly. I mean, you're not going to play as well on the road. We've done well in neutral side games. We've played well on the road for the most part. Uh, it's You're not going to get the same thing 9-9 nine nine out, but people are constantly under the comments of posts from the SEC or March Madness about our game yesterday saying we're Neville merchants. We're better than most every team in the country on the road and on neutral sites, and we're going to show that in a tournament. People are going to shout out their mouths about it. So let's let's go prove that. I mean,
4: first of all, not every team is as good as home as us, right? You can Every, every team is a quote-unquote home court merchant, right? Kansas had beat, killed Houston at home, and on Monday they got trounced in Lubbock. So, like, winning on the road this year is harder than it's ever been, and Auburn at home, Auburn at a neutral site, is a really freaking good basketball team. I think we're like, if it's so,
2: we're like fifth and We the have the number, ta- we're
4: talking about that Ferg tweet. Combined neutral and road record, Auburn has the best in the SEC. South Carolina walked into Thompson Bowling Arena in Knoxville and beat Tennessee. They walked in here with bruises all over their body and left. Losing by forty—that is the largest margin of victory in a top fifteen matchup since the Final Four in 2016 when Villanova beat Oklahoma. Eight years—that's the largest program ranked win in Auburn history. That is not—that I know that they're a metric team and there's eleven, but and and we can kind of wrap up in the South Carolina game like that. That's that doesn't just happen. That's not just Neville Arena. That's us being really really good. Yeah, we've slipped up on the road a couple games. I, I, the Florida game is an anomaly for me. We, it's, an it's an outlier. It's an outlier. The other road games, it's not like we never, we never had energy. Like, we went down big at Bama and Ole Miss and came back and tied those games in both. Florida, it just wasn't competitive from the start. It it won't happen again. I, I think this team is going to feed off that win last night. They're going to take care of business on Saturday. And then we, we have a bye week um, in our midweek. And I expect this team now to go into Knoxville and be competitive.
2: Oh, 100%. Hundred percent. I think it's time to ask this question. I know it might be a jinx. It might be too early, but this is a better team than we had two years ago. One thousand percent. This is a way better team. I, I bet would...
3: we're more well. We're, we're more well rounded. Well, we're, 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 Better rounded. Point, we're, 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 it's, we're. It's guards. We're, it's guards.
2: guards. The guards are be, The guards. <gasps> if if we can get Denver to play point a and go off ball, this team will make a run. Dude, Denver drive, drives in the drives, paint last night. Those we're drives good. were great. That's what we need whenever if, – if Jani or Jalen can't get it going on the inside, we need that kind of play to be able to be good. That's what we had with uh, um, with Harper and and uh, Bryce Brown in the Final Four team that we didn't have with Wendell most of the time and with Zeb Jasper in 22. But that's what we have right now. That's what we can get if we can just focus on it, emphasize that good guard play, we'll make a run.
3: One thing before we move on to Kentucky, I did a quick analytics uh, thing here, kind of proud of myself for being so fast. Point splits, home and away, we average 73 points on offense per game away, 86 at home. Away, the opponent averages 69 points, we average 64. So I I, I don't, you know, I didn't do a statistical test to say that there's significance yet, but I bet there is. so I think there is something to that playing on the road. I don't know if that's nationwide. Kim Palm, he has a newsletter. Uh, last week he put something out saying that maybe we're kind of exaggerating. Um, the whole home team advantage this year, maybe Auburn has something that other teams don't have. Maybe we're not as great on the road. I don't know. I think I think it's too close to tell, and I think we'll be okay on neutral court when it matters. I don't these games don't really care away at Tennessee Don't care yeah. when we get on neutral court and it matters
4: the 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 haters have been constantly chirping that oh well, Auburn's not gonna get to play tournament games in Neville Arena uh, Newsflash they're not gonna have to play them in Gainesville or Tuscaloosa or Starkville either. Exactly. They're neutral sites, and in case you haven't noticed, the Auburn family travels. Those, most of those games will feel a lot more like home games than away games. 100%. I was in Minneapolis. I was not rooting for Auburn. There were more Auburn people there than Virginia people there, 100%. I mean, this and, – and, and now, with the buy-in and what Bruce oh, has yeah. built over the last five years, if Auburn's playing meaningful games in late March and April, those ge- those crowds will be 70% Auburn.
2: Like, this is, is going to be coming out for us a, as a joke. If we continue this, th- this is a program now. This is a program that the most important – Thing we'll do in the next twenty years is who we replace with Bruce Pearl. If we can get that replacement right, you could be talking instead of joking about being a blue blood. If we're this good, almost every year we could actually just end up being one with how good the play is. And you're gonna have to come. And, and, now, and the, new S-
4: the new SEC is gonna take over, and who knows what the future conferences look like? Oh but, gosh! Like but, the but SEC is like
2: the SEC is legit. Yeah, think,
4: the SEC, the SEC is taken over from the ACC. Think about this conference in terms of being
2: deep. Think about this yeah. conference ten years ago and where it is today. I think you can kind of tell the point in where it switched. It's when Auburn went all-in in in seventeen 18, didn't make a run in a tournament, but it was there. Everyone saw it was there, and the buy-in from the fans, and that place got rocking.
0: It echoed throughout
2: the entire conference.
0: And with that, we're going to head to our second break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Kentucky game, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl that happened last Sunday. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle, 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the boardroom, everybody. You're hanging out with Griggs, Connor, Kyle, and Nelson. Last time we talked about Auburn's game versus South Carolina and the Auburn team as a general. And the first time we talked with Stephen Shock about Auburn baseball and just college baseball in general. Now we transition to talk about Saturday's game versus the Kentucky Wildcats. So, Kyle, what do you got?
3: We're projected to win this one. Ken Palm's got us at 10 here. Um, you know... Lots of numbers coming at me. Kentucky's going to be good offensively. I think we're going to be able to dampen them down a little bit. They're the third best three-point shooting team in the country, averaging 40%. We've been pretty good at stopping the three, limiting teams we played to 32%. Is that going to be enough? We're the fourth best defense now. They're the seventh best offense. I feel like we're in for a higher scoring game than we're kind of used to as far as the opponent in Neville. We might have our first – Win in single digits this season.
2: It's going to be a high-scoring game, but I'm just going to win because of this one very reason. Kentucky's defense is the definition of barbecue chicken. <laughs> they are terrible. They are traffic cones on defense. The, those young guys, if they can't get their shot to fall, good luck getting them to have some intensity on defense, especially in the in the jungle. It, if they don't get to off to a hot start, this team will be over quick. Okay, they have a lot of. Young, this is a typical Cal team. A lot of young guys. A lot oozing with talent, oozing with talent. You're going to look back on this team in, like, five years and say how they did not do anything because they got too many young guys who do the same exact stuff right, but there's, like, rebounding and defense that only maybe one or two guys even do average at best.
3: And all their all their stars are guards. They don't have anybody. Yeah, they don't have a big guy. They don't it's have B- a big guy. It's Big
4: Z who...
2: Yeah, one-game on. wonder. One-game wonder. Let's, let's
3: yeah. be real. Come on, Jani's, Jani should own whoever's in the paint. Um... I'm looking for him to have a big night, and kind of j- like Jay will did last night.
2: I, I think on defense, we have to get away from heavy switching this game, because yes. I don't want Dylan Carwell on Dillingham Please or, no. Please or no. Shepard or I, mean, or I don't Reeves. want Dylan Carwell
4: on the court, but if he's going to be on the court, at least have him guarding a big
2: guy. Because if they get switched on, they're going to the rack. They're either going to get a bucket or get fouled, and we better not get in foul trouble.
3: My 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 philosophy on switching is if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it every time because like if you lose that rhythm, like we're really good at switching, we're
2: so good. This team, has
3: too, many, no, it's, like, I, this team has too many. This has too many dudes. It's
4: match-up dependent. I, I it's matchup dependent. I don't know. I think I think if you're playing if you're playing a team that only really has like one guard, you can you can do it. Like but it, well, was, it, well, it was it was We also we have, we have guys like. Katie Johnson can fight through a frickin' screen. Yeah, that, that's that's a Denver, big point. Denver and Katie, Denver, can, Denver and Katie can run through some screens. Now, Aiden, help no, him out and switch. Yeah, yeah. Um, to Nelson's point about Kentucky's defense, South Carolina hadn't given up 80 all year, and they got 101 dropped on them at Neville. Kentucky, this we we might have 60 points at halftime. Like if we come out shooting like we did, we might have 60 points at halftime. And I've got a, I've got a hot take that I'm looking for some feedback on. I think this might be John Calipari's last game in Neville Arena. As Kentucky not, head coach. Uh, a if, – if, if they
0: are like they are, a 7 on, or 8 seed. They're scorching, but they're, Dude, they're, it's not scorching. they're kind of melting <clears throat> down. But the State of Kentucky is mainly focused on what's going on at Dude, the KFC they, Yum Center, really, they, in terms of head coaching right now.
4: They have lost – I think it's three in a row. Or three four, out of four.
2: Four in a row at home.
1: Four
4: in a row now?
2: I think it's four in a row. I thought no, it was no, three no. Three they beat Ole, Ole Miss three. the other night. They, they, they beat three, Ole
4: three, Miss. Three, it was three out of four. They lost three out of four games in Rupp. That hadn't been done in 50 years. I
2: think they've been done since the they open lost. Building. They lost three in a row for the first time in yeah. In I mean, building history.
4: Gonzaga is not guaranteed to be a tournament team. They walked, the walked into Rupp and beat them. <laughs> Tennessee walked in there and boat raced them. What was the other loss? Florida. 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 And Overtime. Florida beat them on the road. Florida, so, good team. Florida, good team. Florida is a good <laughs> team, but man, the people in Lexington, you, lo- you lose that many games at home. I mean, look what the blue bloods of the SEC are doing at home right now. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And you compare it to that, like, and it's not necessarily all Party's fault. the The competition in the SEC has gotten better, like we said. Like the SEC is a legit basketball conference now. But when Cal took this job, it was Kentucky and it was everybody else. And they had he had the team that went, won the ring with Anthony Davis and Hornets legend Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Oh, don't you dare! Um, and and that and then he had the crazy thirty eight no team that that lost in the final four. Since then, I mean, he had the team that lost to Auburn in the Elite Eight. Like it's. It's been a little bit. They're not an overly patient crowd. I I think they might make a run at Mr. Nate Oates. And yeah. they have
3: a they have a few more tough ones on the schedule. And they still, yeah, like they they may Diana. not make the tournament.
0: They're
4: if they they lose if they get
0: it's their just, they butt those, kicked in Neville, they got those non-con wins. Then they beat North Carolina. They
4: did beat North Carolina, but. They they are going to get in. They're they're not. Gonna they're not going they're, they're two not. bad losses. They're an Auburn loss and <laughs> another
2: bad loss away from being a bubble team. right now. They've had some bad losses. They've had like what was it? Where yeah. yeah, have them right now? Let me check. I that.
4: think these they're they were a nine the last time I checked.
2: I mean, think is the best Cal teams in the last three or four years have been ones who have had senior guards and senior play with Sheboy and Wheeler. That was a good team.
0: I oh. thought the team that beat that lost to St. Peter's was a that legitimate was, national that title They team. were. That was yeah. That a was
2: good that team. team. That was twenty one. Yeah. But that's what Cal always done. That's what always will do. They've hit their ceiling with Calipari, and they know it. But they just are constantly getting in stars because of the brand. Right. That you you oh, yeah. can't unless they he falls apart like he is doing right now. You cannot reasonably fire him. Now they have standards, and they are pay, they are very impatient. And trust me, seeing what some of their fans are saying about the game on Saturday, they have no hope. There is no trash talk right now between UK and Auburn fans because UK fans are Dude, done. It's they crazy are done. that Ole
4: Miss ran their mouth more than Kentucky is.
2: They are. They are in South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. They like, were they were feeling it. UK the the, the, wild, the Kitty Cats are some of the biggest yappers of all time. Big Blue and they are done. I have never seen this kind of like like tap out quit in a blue blood power program almost ever. I mean, and if they get but raced to Neville, they might be calling for for his job immediately. You
4: think right now about the SEC and if you you broke it up into tiers, it feels like it's Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, and then there's a gap, and Kentucky's not on the
0: right – side Florida. That, that yeah,
4: gap right. is moving in the wrong direction for Kentucky.
0: Yeah, they're, they're it's right n- now. Again, like, they're
4: not a patient group.
0: If, are
4: and, are and, they and, the Auburn, and and they if, the Auburn if, football? If your basketball. guys – and, and listen, uh, as much as I dislike him and wh- how he handled all that he's situation last year, he's a really good coach, and he's proven the SEC. Ohio State – like there's some big programs that are going to have open. UCLA might be open. Louisville definitely. Louisville's 100% going to make a run at him. Like – If you have identified Oates as – if Mitch Barnhart identifies him as a guy that can be really successful at Kentucky, you're going to have to make that move now. Yeah. Because he's not – Oates is not staying in Alabama because they won't build that facility and they don't care about basketball.
2: he will always be the second second fiddle to – even with Caelan DeBoer there. he will be second fiddle no matter what. Uh, And I think I saw this on Twitter, uh, uh, courtesy to Trulie Donovan. Um, Same thing as in football. If you're behind the curve right now, you have to move on right now because March 18th, when that portal opens, yep. you have to be on it immediately or else you're going to fall behind.
4: 100%.
0: All right, let's go ahead and transition into some Super Bowl talk and then our last segment will be the picks at the end. So, Kyle, the Super Bowl.
3: Super Bowl, it was a good one. Probably yep. one of the best ones to watch. First
0: half, a little bit of a snooze.
3: Yeah, a little little snoozer. Uh, Usher woke us up with an incredible halftime performance. I that was good. Really good. I, I was good.
0: mid. Ah, uh, Mid.
4: Vocals, vocals across the board it was quite a show. Vocals across the board report. We're great,
2: Alicia Keys. Great voice.
4: Alicia Keys' voice crack had to be she edited missed, out. She missed. One, it had to be edited out note. by the she NFL. One
2: note. She was one note. I, I'm an Alicia. She killed guy. the rest
4: of. It. I'm an Alicia Guy. It didn't really start for me until until uh, Little John turned up.
3: Yeah, that was a good. One.
4: Went to overtime. The Chiefs
3: win. You know, I saw it coming. It's just, yeah. it's just. Was there ever oh yeah, really no. doubt? No. No. no.
2: This game,
4: no. Niners had the ball. Went to overtime, brand new ball game, even before that coin flip and the Niners and Kyle Shanahan making one of the most egregious coaching errors now, in the NFL. No, I, I, I don't – I don't. there was never any doubt that the Chiefs were going to win that like, game. <laughs> but but the idea of giving Mahomes the ball with a chance to win the game
0: its is dumb. insane. Especially – Insane. Kick, you kick the field goal, right? And they don't block on that third down in, in overtime. They the kick Niners, the field goal. They did not but block. The, they,
4: they, they made the decision to let Mahomes have the ball with a chance to win the game. And then they scapegoat Steve Wilkes and fire him this
2: week. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. Oh, yeah. That's nasty.
4: I talked last week. My, hate- my hatred for Kyle Shanahan is always going to be around. Love. I love seeing this meltdown from
0: Kyle Shanahan. Like, because Steve Wilkes was not the problem. No. They, they shut down the last year. Like Think about what they Dude, did to the Lions. Look what they, they the held Patrick Mahomes to. And Drake Greenlaw didn't have voodoo magic done on what, him. And, what did and, they had
4: 19 points? he right onto
0: the field, did the they the would have shut him down. Did the Chiefs yeah, have 19 Mahomes points? Mahomes scored two 19. touchdowns. Yeah, it was 19 Mahomes over scored two there. touchdowns, and one of the touchdowns was given to him at the 16th yard line. Yeah.
4: The Niners defense clamped Mahomes for 60 minutes
0: if if maybe maybe if you were relying
2: on Mr. Relevant as your quarterback and uh actually game manager, you know confirmed you know giving more of your players the ball um Devasaniel 11 targets three receptions uh bum <laughs> like there's so many ways this game it went exactly as i said to or last week on the show where the 49ers were by far the best team but will find ways to lose on the flip side the chiefs were the worst team in this in this Super Bowl, but they find ways to win, whether it is by game planning or voodoo magic. Having a player tears Achilles running onto the field, like there were there was things in this game where I just knew, I knew there was no chance the 49ers had a chance. The Chiefs were going to do this the entire time, and 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 when it went into overtime, it was it was over. It was toast.
4: It we we saw it once in Tampa to Tom Brady. Other than that. How can you bet against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs? Like, going forward, this was, this was the year. They're going to go out. Now, they might lose Chris Jones, and they might lose LeJarius Sneed. Like, they're going to have some defensive issues. They're going to go out and get a receiver with their first-round pick and might spend some money on them. Like, they're going to be better next year than they were this year. And guess what? They're not losing their coordinators. They may bring the enemy back. Like, this staff, is keep. they're keeping them intact. Brett Veach has done an insanely good job of putting this roster together. Like, uh th- they're going to be the Patriots.
2: Uh, yeah. As quoted from one of my favorite movies of all time, *Mega Mind*. Uh, there's not a hero. They're hashtag under new management. Uh, the Patriots. Whenever the dynasty ended, everyone thought the world was saved. You know, the Buccaneers won a a ring. Uh, the Chiefs won a ring in 2020. Everyone thought I was a new, a fresh new face. Lo and behold, they're just new Patriots all over again. Now Andy Reid is getting up the there mega, in age, the and, and and their and their dynasty might not be as long as the Patriots was, but this is the dynasty. Everyone is chasing the Chiefs, no matter who they have or how how they might be a wild card uh, in the playoffs. They're gonna make a run. Andy it's Reed gonna happen. Mu-
0: Andy Reid must have won a Super Bowl everywhere he went, right? He did not.
2: You know, some saying him and Kyle Shanahan have the exact same career path. Lose a lot, <laughs> lose a lot um, in the playoffs, and then finally the, click.
3: The, the biggest thing I think we've learned from this whole dynasty thing in the NFL is I think we finally found the Krabby Patty formula. And that's just a really good quarterback yep. and a big old tight end. I
4: mean, that's like yep.
3: seems to be the answer.
4: Yep. Ninety three yards. Try listen, to 93 yards. It's like we go into this offseason and like uh, the today there was talk about Seahawks keeping Geno Smith and like the, Giant, the Giants, the Giants potentially drafting someone over Daniel Jones. This is a league where you either got the guy or you don't. There's about six or seven guys at, at one time, if that. The I Bill mean, the, the Chiefs, the Bills, <laughs> the Bengals, the Panthers, the Ravens. They got their guy. They have the guy. If you don't have the guy,
2: good luck. And then after the guy, you gotta have the system. Because You gotta have other things because, too. But but because, th- the because, criteria
4: to get in the door. Oh yeah, it's the guy. is the guy. It's the guy. And guess what? It's it's not hater aid. Paying Jalen Hurts forty mil, he ain't the guy. Like, Daniel Jones paying all that money, ain't the guy. Like Matt Stafford is sort of the guy still, maybe, but like
0: Justin Herbert and and there's like herbert, Herbert
4: maybe the guy. I think CJ Stroud's going to be the guy, but like there's 32 teams. And I, as a commanders fan, it's like infuriating because we've been stuck in purgatory for 20 years, but like so are 20 other teams. And you got to go into this draft process with with Caleb, Jaden Daniels, and Drake May. If you don't think one of those three is the guy, trade back.
0: And with that, we're going to head to our final break of the show. When we come back, we got some picks to give up. We're going to talk about some of our picks so far. Last week and more, we're going to wrap up the show. So do not go anywhere. Last segment of the show is coming up next. You're listening to The Boardroom on a Weagle, 91.1 FM. And welcome back into The Boardroom, everyone. You're hanging out with Nelson, Kyle, Connor, and Griggs. Last time we talked about Auburn versus Kentucky this Saturday. Last Saturday's Super Bowl. And now it's time for what we do every week. It is our pick'em segment. So Kyle, you've been gone for two weeks, but you've, I'm imagining you kept up with the results. Yes.
3: Yeah, so I've listened to the show the past two weeks to keep up with what's going on. I sent the results to Connor last week. Listen to yester or last week's episode yesterday to get those in, and I've got some good news for everyone. Yeah. How about the the, that? Uh, the Auburn game. Um. The uh, well. So I saved you guys yeah, from a yeah, yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. Um. I saved you guys. Wait. Draw. Are you saying you picked Ford? Yes, I did pick four. That's a smart
4: move. Um, smart move. Were any of us notified of that pick? Can anybody confirm that pick was made before
0: the game? We'll, we'll listen back to the tapes. I think we're going we'll, to we'll, think we're we're gonna gonna have, have to
4: nullify that know, one. Hey,
3: all
0: right. We'll rewind the tapes. Just continue.
3: I I think I told Emily at one point. We'll we'll clarify. Oh, yeah. She's going to be right. We'll back. clarify. Emily, don't, don't pick a- a- okay. Emily. Okay. Um, <laughs> good news. Good news for everyone. Uh, good news for Kyle. Uh, he won last week. Good news for Connor and Nelson. They did not come in last place. Let's
0: go. Good news for Griggs. I'm last place. Tied with Matthew, though. So, Uh, I mean, you have a little
3: consolation down there. Matthew, uh, one-off appearance on the boardroom. (laughs) <laughs> With one of the worst weeks of all time. <laughs> um,
4: Matthew, please come back and redeem yourself much, one day. Much like his run as DSP president, it was a disaster. <laughs> oh, oh, wow.
2: <laughs> Did, didn't, didn't go
3: very well. Another thing we had finished this week was the college basketball fantasy we started a few weeks ago. Oh, boy. And it Feels got so a little got a little out of hand, let's say. Uh, points through the roof. I didn't realize how many points we were going to accrue. Connor wins it, three points, 950 fantasy points. I'm going to get second place with 844. Griggs with 835. Close one there for a second. And Nelson, I'm sorry, bud, uh, last place, 736. That's a Almost mind. 100 behind me, but it's
0: just I could have been so, first. It's just so Self, lonely at the time. If Bill Self did not want to go play, coach the sole Samsung Tigers <laughs> every time they played on the road. Yeah,
4: that's
0: tough. That was fun. I'm glad we did that. We should do yeah, that, that was, like great. some other sports. We
4: should do that going into March Madness.
0: Hey, hey. Ooh, and that,
3: then you got to figure out how long you think the guy's
4: going to
0: be. Right. Oh, that's, right. That's, that's, uh, that's and the points one. stop for that player once they're done. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. yeah right. it's going. All right. All right. Here we go. For this week.
3: Well, I'm, I'm going to get a uh, leaderboard update. Yes. Leaderboard of update. course. I have to get there. Um, Connor's still in first with 46. <sighs> Kyle's in second with 44. And we have a gap beginning to form. Nelson with 38 and Green's with 37.
4: <laughs> it's it's getting wow. It's getting cold up here, fellas. Wow, it's getting cold. Hey, uh, I, so if, if well, Connor, you, if it. you haven't heard, if you're the five people that haven't heard from us, Kyle and I sit next to each other watching the show. The this side of the boardroom. It feels like the the ball knowledge is a little bit heavier over hey, here. Hey,
0: oh, you also hey, have to remember hey, Connor back single handedly cheated himself into getting a tie for the Sports Analytics Club pickup. Exactly, like, Opening exactly. it back up, and I <laughs> openly
2: not. and I openly state that I don't pick with my my brain. I pick with my heart because I like to do it. Five, so five, so five. I don't. I don't really. Care. And I do both? I, I as, as do not care.
4: As Nelson once said on the Emerald Field, "Get a brain, bro." Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Well, you don't always need a brain. Well, that,
3: that's pretty much it. Uh, we went one and one in border unanimous picks. Fourteen and eight total, still looking good. But this week, two p.m. Saturday, Marquette against UConn. UConn is favored by seven and a half. It's two p.m. in Ooh. Connecticut. Hartford? Is it in Hartford? I think it's
2: Hartford. Um, it's a big, big game from Big East implications. Big one. Uh, I think UConn's gonna win this game, but I think this will be a hashtag. Marquette cover. So, give me the spread for Marquette with this pick.
0: Uh, I'll make it quick. I'm going to go UConn. They're the far and away best team in in the country. They should be able to handle Marquette, especially since UConn's playing at home. I think the longest active streak besides, I think, Drake in college basketball. I was checking that today to see where Auburn was. But, yeah, I'm going to go with UConn. What was the points again? Seven and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go with UConn.
4: Um, I... I straight up hate this Marquette team. I dislike Shock Smart. Tyler Kolek is super annoying. And uh, I'm going to take a page out of Nelson's book here. Shockingly, because as you just heard, it's not very successful. But i want to pick off vibes. And I just don't like Marquette. So I'm going to take UConn. Shout out uh, DSP Riley, UConn fan. DSP Riley. Um, so when we did – we did – at
3: one point, like a couple weeks ago, we did uh, like Fraud Watch. And sleeper. Yeah, sleeper picks. Uh, Marquette was – Griggs's fraud watch, and then they were my sleeper pick. I feel like it's just poetic. You almost, with you gotta ride with them. You gotta him. ride with. Got to ride with Exactly. Here. What a beast. I mean, I'm not the Spank. biggest Shaka Smart fan, but I love the brand
4: of basketball at, they play. I will I, say, Shaka that, Smart at, and Buzz Williams get off the court. You
0: are not a player. I, Stay off the court, my brother. Shaka Smart is a. <laughs> I will say about. I will say about what I said about Chaka Smart Marquette was like they were going through a really bad lull at the start. Yeah, they're of conference. Back. they're They're back. back now. Yes, but that clear clear number two in the Big East. Clear without question. Clear as day. They're not but, for sure. They're not winning this game, but they're yeah, not. They winning. might cover, especially they're, UConn. UConn's not in that conference. Sure, they are winning that conference easy. But oh yeah, the
3: the you know UConn is thirteen and one in the conference. Marquette's ten and three. Creighton is the closest at nine and five. Tie with Seton Hall. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not go Pirates.
2: Frank's Frank Fleming's own Seton Hall Pirates. What do we got next, Cal?
3: Next one, three PM Saturday. We're gonna go Kansas against Oklahoma. This is a pick 'em. I'm gonna give it Oklahoma minus half a point. So if we somehow end in a tie, Ooh. Oklahoma's gonna take it. But other than that, we gotta pick 'em on our hands.
2: I can't just like you can't bet against Kansas at home. <laughs> you can't bet on bet on them on the road. Yeah. Give me give me the Sooners, the newest member of the SEC, Oklahoma Sooners.
0: Mm-hmm. Rock chuck, jay, I'm just going to go with Kansas. That was they, so they, that, n- they, really bad. Yeah, no, that was really bad. I tried. It, it's not as great w- without the we're echo. Gonna, we're going to need that better in
2: karaoke in a little
0: bit. Um, okay. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Kansas here. They need a bounce back game. Is really bad here.
4: Both of these teams are coming off getting waxed. Uh, Oklahoma lost in Waco by 17
2: uh, on Tuesday. Hey, to the Baylor Bears, who are hashtag good.
4: Baylor Bears are very good. Um. I'm not a huge believer in either one of these teams, but if I'm going to go with one, I'll go with Kansas in the hope that Kevin McCullough can play. Because I think if Kevin is active, that line will shift a little bit.
3: Yeah, I have no clue on his status, which is kind of like the hardest part of this whole question. I think we're going to have, after the festivities that were undertaken in Lubbock, um, a couple days ago, I think Kansas is going to come out with a uh, fire, a little passion, a little Bill Self fighting for them. Um, this is a big road win, it's a big road game, in the Big 12 taking Kansas as well,
2: standing alone. Pretty that's usual. right,
3: that's right. <coughs> last game, you forgot the Berg Bowl. <laughs> that's the last game. Oh! oh, we've got another boardroom bowl at 11 a.m., bright and early. You change – I don't know what channel it's on. You change We're still going to be in the arena. We will be in the arena. <laughs> you change from college game day to this beautiful uh, is display. It CW ACC Network? <laughs> I don't know. One of them. It's
4: CW. Matt Amos, can we get the CW on the Jumbotron while we are shakering <laughs> – while we are putting shakers and Outlive shirts
3: yep. on the seats? That's right. It's going to be a, a beautiful day of mediocre ACC basketball. <laughs> Wake Forest at Virginia. I'm also calling this a pick em. Virginia minus half a point, so in the event of a tie,
4: Virginia will say <laughs> so who's who's who's, uh, who's who's Wake who's it's home? Wake Virginia. Wake at in, Virginia. In in Seaville. Okay. okay. Remember we just had Steven Shock on.
0: And just remember that Virginia is now have a one game losing streak at home. Um
2: this is a To Pittsburgh. This is a ter- this is a <laughs> – no matter who I pick I'm gonna just not like. Um but I also want to be right because I also want to try to to, to bridge this gap. Um, this team makes me want to claw my eyes out every time I watch them play. But for the first time in years, I feel like that that like once in a blue moon they can actually score the basketball. And I'm talking about Virginia, I'm talking about Virginia. Um, yeah. Don't like them, but to they, honor they, they the legend, score. Team,
0: to honor the legend the team of shock. Like give me the Cavaliers. I'm going to go to Kyle first. Me and Connor can go a little bit longer. Yeah, We're for about sure. We're about to of time.
3: Okay, yeah. I'm going to ride with Steven Shock and the Virginia Cavaliers. They are, fun fact, they are one of the slowest teams in college basketball with an adjusted uh, tempo of 60 possessions per game. And Not I for, a lot.
0: I, for one, am surprised at that one. Very Greg, slow. Griggs,
4: you want to go first?
0: No, because you're going to go longer. I'm going to go shorter. Go.
4: You're used to going shorter. Um, listen, this Virginia team, I was all the way out. Solomon Fort Myers – get trounced by Wisconsin. I was like this is this is this is not the team this year. They hadn't rebounded. They they started ACC play awful, got boat raced in South Bend, to one of the worst teams in all basketball. And then they reeled off 8 in a row and they started to look pretty good. They got back in the AP poll, solidified themselves as should be in the tournament. And then Monday night threw up an absolute dud in JPJ against the Pitt Panthers. Looked awful, so bad. But
0: Oh, that was loud. Ugh. Oh, Connor. <laughs> uh, ears. A
4: new eight-game win streak starts in Charlottesville. it down. Virginia Cavaliers, the Hoos, will take care of business and boat race the Demon Deacons' vintage Darius Thompson performance buzzer beater Isaac McNeely off the glass to win the game.
0: Gosh, you might just blow an hour speaker. Yeah, sorry to headphone words yeah, that sorry everywhere. About that. I'm not. Uh, Connor. He's never sorry, but... Wahoo, wahoo. There's a team this year who's already beat Virginia once by 18 points. Can anyone tell me besides Connor who that team was?
2: I think it's Forest. That
0: would be correct. The Wayforce <laughs> Demon Deacons hard, hard to beat the team d- twice. destroyed the Virginia Cavaliers 47 at point. the Joel. And I think they're going to be able to, especially as the underdogs. No one believes in us. Connor, you heard Connor scream through your headphones, so they don't believe he doesn't believe in the Demon Deacons. But I'm going to give me the Demon Deacons because if that offense catches on fire from three, what does that? Defense gonna do nothing because they can't. St- oh yeah, the
4: Virginia defense notoriously struggles. That's under Tony Bennett. That's right. That's right.
0: Yes, because they they surely didn't. They didn't just lose the pit right at home. Surely, you think but Tony no. Gonna let I'm gonna go with the Demon. I don't know. Who knows? Natty but,
4: champs. 2020, 2019,
0: baby. And with that, we're gonna end the boardroom right here. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you missed any of today's show? You can check it out on your favorite podcast platforms later. But until next week. For Connor Greenberg, Kyle Davis, Nelson Early, I'm Greg Splankin' This has been The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. We thank you for listening, everyone. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we're Eagle. Thank you for joining us for this session of The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. If you missed any of today's show, you can listen back to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next week. And this meeting in the boardroom is officially adjourned.